It's Friday, and uh, we're trying something different today for the pod <laughs> to be named later um, at some point. Uh, Nico is efforting to find a name for us, yes, but sir. we are here today um, to do something a little bit different. Uh, as a lot of people know, mm-hmm. uh, my mother died last Saturday, and we are starting a series where we're trying to cope with everything in life, you know, relationships, jobs, our own worth in this world. You know, how do we see ourselves? But today we're going to talk about um, the passing of my mother, uh, how it kind of all went down, how we kind of dealt with it, uh, our feelings through the whole thing. And everybody here who I am about to introduce to you, and if you are watching this on YouTube, man, thank you so much. This means a lot to us. Uh, this is a real, um, it's going to be a real hard pod, but I think we're going to have some laughs to it too. But today joining me is the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons. And for this podcast, the Canadian son. Loretta Curran, Nico Miatello. Nico, what's up? I not much. That that might be the most flattering intro you've gave me yet, and you called me Oprah before, so I <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. Oh, uh, my mom would love to be compared to Oprah, so you are you are uh, literally kissing up to her early, which is great. She always loved that about you, so good. Oh, uh, definitely. I'm. <clears throat> Uh, I'm definitely very impacted by this entire situation, and I'm I'm glad that we're finally here to all talk about it. But I think you buried the lead a little on. Oh no! Oh no! We say the best for last. That's how we do it. (laughs) Also joining us is a person that uh, I kind of talked about this when it kind of all went down. Um, My wife Belinda Carter is here in the building. Uh, she is not a rookie to this podcasting thing. Um, in the old QPPN days, uh, we did this quite often. So this is a welcome surprise and also welcome addition to our little group here. Belinda, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, I'm sitting here in the room, so a little melancholy. <laughs> Better than melancholy for a while. <laughs> So she's actually sitting in the room where my mom died. Uh, we're trying to give you this uh, video medium and this podcast medium. And, uh, you know, this is how we have to kind of set it up right now. We don't have the fancy studios as the ringer, but we are doing our best. Exactly. Looks awesome to me. So, <laughs> um, so we'll kind of go through a little timeline. Uh, I don't want to get crazy into it, but, uh, um, this struggle probably started in January. Um, the real struggle started in January, where um, essentially my mom basically drowned onto herself. She had a heart issue that was complicated by an aneurysm that was 
uh, from her clavicle to her groin area that was taking up space in a four foot ten to a four foot eleven body that weighed maybe about a hundred pounds. Yeah. So just imagine this growth, you know, in in a body of a gymnast, and then hey, we want you to breathe, right. and we want you to pump blood through your entire body. Right. Might might be an issue there. And uh, the funny thing about it is, is if we go back to 2017, um, I've talked on this podcast a lot about my issues with alcohol. My mother also struggled for a long time with it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the day before her surgery in 2017, she drank. And she coded on the table, and then she coded twice uh, afterwards. And the doctor at that point in time told me we could not get all of it. So I believe that the actual culprit is probably the aneurysm that exacerbated everything else. So we fast forward to January and she wants to still do stuff. That's the thing that was so awesome that my wife and I came to realize is at the end when it was all over, she was still going to the bathroom on her own independently. She was still walking around independently and literally until her body gave out on her, which was the last day. So the incredible strength that she showed through this process um, will definitely be discussed. Um, and then... You know, the next phase, which I'll have Belinda kind of talk about, which was the last day. Um, we watched, she watched the Laker game with my mom, with my mom. So, which was awesome. Uh, and then Saturday happened. So, uh, I'll have you take it from there because there was a couple hours where I was asleep, I believe. So, yeah. Um, watched the Laker game. She was, she was alert and like responsive and talking about it and everything and cheering Austin Reeves and everybody else on and on and on. Um, and then I can't remember what we did, but like I walked away cause she was going to try to lay down and go to sleep. And um, a couple hours later, she was still sitting up, which she's had a hospital bed. So it wasn't like she was going to lay back really far, <laughs> probably about like we're sitting now. Um, but it just didn't feel right to her. And that usually meant like a breathing problem was obviously going on. But I was in a room like watching game shows with her at two and three in the morning and talking to her. And, you know, as we did during game shows, you know, why didn't they know the answer? Look at her heels. She can't walk in them. Stuff like that. And she was having conversations with me. So um, I don't know. I think it was like four or something that she's like, okay, I'm going to try to lay down. And we turned out all the lights and stuff. And then. Vince and I went to bed and Vince woke up about an hour later and everything had totally flipped. She, um, she was still responsive though, um, but she was just leaning forward and um, really gasping for air. So we had entered hospice on Wednesday and when you enter hospice, you get a comfort kit and they had something in there, I can never remember, it starts with an L that we were using for anxiety and stuff. And when we called 
and had described what was going on and said, you know, we needed a nurse and everything. Um, they said to also give her a thing of a thing of the morphine to try to help relax her some more. And actually morphine also helps you breathe. Who knew that? <laughs> so we did that and she kind of got comfortable enough that Vince could lay her back on the bed and get her laid back. And once she was laid back, that was it. She went to sleep and you could just tell her body was shutting down. The only thing that was happening was there was air going in and out. Um, so that was early and we were still waiting for the nurse and a nurse didn't come until nine um, because she was coming from really far away. And basically we just needed someone to confirm what we thought was going on. Um, and she said, yeah, she indicated it could have been like days or something. And Vince and I were like, girl, it's not going to be days, please. So um, I just, I curled up in bed with her because she's little, there's room in the bed and I just didn't want her to be by herself. So I was just stroking her arm and talking to her and stuff. People came. You want to talk about that, Vince? Um, actually, I'm going to cue in uh, Nico here. As this is going on, we're we're real time with Nico. Um, Nico oh, yeah, is right. being called. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because as all of this is going on, <laughs> there are pots being put up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Work is still going on. Mm-hmm. Because she wanted it that mm-hmm. way. Oh, definitely. Yeah, she'd be mad at us otherwise. Yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> she, she really wanted her AFC North preview, Nico. Yeah. <laughs> her beloved Steelers, she really wanted it. Oh, man. The, um, the funny part about all of it is that I'm telling my partner, Nico, mm-hmm. in real time. So he is now also coming to grips with what is going on. So, Nico, I haven't really had a chance to, you know, walk that, walk through you, walk with you through that. Sorry about that. Um, Tell me, like, okay, you're getting these updates. What what are your thoughts at this point? Uh, A lot of my thoughts were... around just being concerned for you guys and the struggle you were going through. But um, when when I get in situations like this, like we feel like there's some sort of impending a doom or or bad situation coming, I my brain tends to latch on to moments, especially in sports a lot. I I have uh, a, a whole lot of memories, including uh, J- the Rockets trading for James Harden on one of my worst nights, um, me getting diagnosed with MS on the day the Steelers drafted Terrell Edmonds. Oh, wow. And like every every day and with every game that happened towards the end, I, I would get nervous that is this the game I'm going to forever associate with Loretta's passing? And it definitely continued to add like a further level of struggle to my my own viewing experience. But it was mostly out of concern for not only her, but you guys as well and everything that came afterwards. So now we, uh, we take you to a point where uh, people are showing up. Um. 
people from the, our church that we go to, uh, Jamie Recker, who was a longtime friend of Loretta. And here is the little piece of woven life tapestry through this deal. Jamie is the one who got my mom to go to church, go to her church. So my mom had been attending Bethany for a while, even with her struggles through alcoholism. My mom was the catalyst for me to go to Bethany Church and then also get my life together and go into the Long Beach Rescue Mission. So my sobriety and my faith is tied to Jamie Recker, who brought my mom, brought who then brought me, who brought me to faith, who brought me to this church where I met my wife. So my mom was tied into all of it. And, you know, as you start to put all the pieces together when this is coming to the end, it's just a really beautiful tapestry of just a section of your life. And a person that seems to be very integral to it in a way where it wasn't domineering. It wasn't sledgehammer, which was mostly her style. As we go on today, um, a couple other things we'll talk about is what she did in the last six to seven weeks of her life. And we'll talk about that as we go along. Um, Belinda, how long did you lay there? Um, oh, I don't know. It started because it was it 10 started. hours, if you want to know. It was 10 hours you was laid there. Was it really? Yes. No, I had no clue. Um, like I said, I was just, when people were there, you know, I was just there, struck in her arm. And then other times I was just talking to her. Um, someone from the church, while I was doing that, actually texted and said, you know, even if it feels like they're gone, that they can still hear. And that was, that was why I was still doing it. And then just touch, you know, human touch feels nice. And I just, so yeah, I did. I fell asleep because, I mean, I was just laying there. So when we were there, I fell asleep a couple of times and napped and woke up and just, I didn't realize it was that long though. I, but when I look back, I mean, it had to have been that long because I, I crawled in there early in the morning. Um, yeah. So. And then we get to a point of the struggle is just, it's too much for me to bear at this point. And, uh, you know, she's gone or I, I, I feel that she's gone and I take my wife outside and we pray. And at that point we're praying for strength and just discernment and, to honor this, my mother's wishes with, uh, she didn't want to be with tubes and all of this. She didn't want any of that. So went outside, took a deep breath, prayed, and then went in and uh, turned off the oxygen machine that was really breathing for her. Mm -hmm. 
at that point. And um, literally two minutes later, she was gone. I was able to feel like yeah. her last heartbeat, her last breath. And it was, she was gone. Yeah, and that it, was it. It was like that. I mean, it was like two breaths. It was really apparent to us that it was what needed to be done. It was merciful. Yeah. And it was yeah. something that through this whole ordeal, I knew mm-hmm. that this was what I was designated to do. Now, (laughs) she is gone, and we are not even a week. And so, I guess, Nico, tell me, like, some of, like, because I know you told me off air some of the struggles you've had, but, like, what's your... What what some what are some of the things that you like drift to, and then like what are some of the things that maybe like kind of okay I can't stay here, can't stay in this. So what are you doing when you do drift to thoughts that aren't fantastic, and you're grieving, and also understand grieving is part of the process. Mm-hmm. We're not saying not grieve because I'm doing it, and I'm trying. What I'm also trying to do is take steps. Every single day. So grieve and take steps. So where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> well, how's it going? I, I too, like, I, I try and do my best to acknowledge grief where I can. And I, I try and work through it. But I, I struggle in my brain sometimes getting caught in those grief loops where you just are thinking about the same thing over and over again. And when you get finally get to the end of thinking through it, you just start right back up in the mm-hmm. beginning. So often uh, one, one way that I turned to pretty co- consistently as a kid was video games. And now I've actually been able to use that to help my fiance Shannon as well. But Again, tie, tying it back, it's the world of sports is the thing that can free my mind up the most right. because it allows it to expand and actually like go down rabbit holes that are productive for me, realistically. Mm-hmm. I understand for others, they might not be, but it, it helps me quite a bit. I, I just wanted to touch on one other thing you mentioned there. I know... A lot in your early life, it wasn't all <clears throat> the greatest, but the fact that in in your late years and the years you're happiest, your mother was the guiding light to bring you not only to the church and the faith that you treasure so deeply, but also help you find your wife. That's amazing that even, even though it might have took her some time to figure out how to be a mother, by the end, she took care of her son. And that that just warms my heart so much. Yeah, we were going back over the timeline, and we were going back over some of the things that happened. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it just, it hit 
all all at the same time. It was like all these pictures just start flashing. It's like bam, bam, bam. Okay. So the woman who wanted to control everything literally got to orchestrate this whole deal <laughs> through God. Through through God. So when they talk about Esther and they talk about Sarah and we see things in the world now. We see women doing like incredible things. You know, incredible brave things. Um, incredible feats of of just grace and, and eloquence in, yeah. in times of um, great hardship. Um, yes, my mother was able to do all of these things. And yes, I am uh, aware and grateful and, uh, you know, I guess meddling does work. <laughs> meddling does work. So for all you moms out there who say, well, kind of let the kid do what it, no, my mom never believed in that. Never, ever, ever. She believed in the thumb and trying to work crevices and whatever she that's what she did so yeah she was really just awesome when it came to that and speaking of um so how my significant other here so now it's been a week close to a week melinda how how's it going for you because the other part for you that i want to talk about is how you have to not only grieve for my mother, Loretta, your mother, basically, who you had this great relationship with, but you're also trying to prop me up because I'm just a, a sack of emotions and just I have no idea what's going on. So tell me about what your week has been like and what you like have found has worked hasn't worked uh yeah. or yours thank you um i do want to say one thing about when it was happening because you don't know this um i was i wound up texting of all people because who else could help me in this situation but i texted Lori o'toole from our church and she's the one that put out the message to the elders and stuff to get somebody to come by um, Lori would have come herself, but she was on the way to pick up her parents to go celebrate Mother's Day with her family. So they went, and so they were gone all day. And while the, while she was doing that, she was texting me because our mother was dying. And mm -hmm. it was, I mean, and she did it gladly. I felt like, oh my gosh, here we are in the middle of her day. And now she's dealing with this and stuff. And she, I mean, but she would text me every once in a while and just say, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And everything. And um, when the pastor, Tim, Tim Springer, left, um, he told you that the first thing we do when mom passes is we call Lori <laughs> and she'll help us. And she did. She helped me calm down and call a, um, call a mortuary and stuff. And then we were very fortunate that it was on a Saturday because... We got to wake up Sunday morning and go to church. 
which is something mom had wanted to do since January and just never could make it for one reason or another and just wanted to go so bad. And you hadn't gone except for the last week because she had visitors. So we were able to go to where our family is and where we feel loved and no place else would we have rather been. So we got to go pray in the chapel and we got to go to break through the Bible study and we got to go and hear the sermon. And we got to talk to a lot of people who, since they're in the faith, understand, yes, she's gone. I mean, her body is gone. We won't have her to eat with or watch TV or watch sports with and stuff. But she's home. The minute she left, she left that broken body that she's had for so very long. And she left the um, just the angst and the anxiety and the pain. And so we got to talk about that without people looking at us like, oh, you're heartless and everything, because we're not. Um, we're overjoyed. She went Mother's Day weekend. She got to see her daughter, who she hasn't seen since she OD'd in 2018. And as you put it, she got to see her dad, who was probably the last unconditional love that she's had before us. And that's a long time. So yeah, they, we're going to get into that part. Yeah. But I want to also bring in Nico for one second, because as Lori O'Toole, the O'Toole, as uh -huh. I call her, exactly, as she is texting you, yeah, going yeah. through this, yeah. Nico is dealing with it real time now. Yeah. Nico also has something going on now. Nico, we're not going to get way into it, but yeah. as my yeah. mother is dying and I'm. Mm -hmm. a mess yeah. what's going on in your, in your life at that point uh well first first i'll i'll give a little bit of backstory leading up to it um about a week before my mom was at home by herself and she was standing in the kitchen doing some dishes and she looked out the window and she seen a man rooting around in her shed. So she started to yell at him being like, what are you doing? You have to get out of here. And the guy made up some story about how his cat was missing, but then it changed from a cat to a dog in the middle of the story and all this. And <clears throat> she went out front to make sure he was leaving. And when she walked out the front door, she saw a girl hide behind a car. And my mom phoned me at that time and swore to me that she thought it was her sister. And she wasn't sure, but she thought it was her sister. And then fast forward to a week later and my cousin shows up at my parents' house um, we haven't heard from him for ooh, outside of outside of uh, a couple funerals. We hadn't heard from him for almost seven years. And the last time we heard from him, he was actually doing pretty well. He had struggled with addiction previously, and he was clean for going on five years at the time. So... Um, Seeing him show up at their door, uh, my parents were a little bit taken back. And 
uh, he then broke down the story that uh, he let his mom move in with him uh, about six months previous. And in those six months, he has now relapsed, been kicked out of his house, lost his job, been uh, attacked several times by friends, quote unquote, of his mother's and uh, is now just basically wandering around the city kind of waiting to die. And he finally, he, he believed very strongly that uh, our grandparents that we had lost kept leading him in the direction of my parents' house, finally showed up there and told them they needed help. And also told them that he is pretty confident that his mom is currently following him with her boyfriend with the intention of ending his life herself. So we um, currently are still in this situation where um, my cousin is at my parents' house understanding the brevity of everything and ha the fact that he wants to fix his life and he is searching for a rehab facility that will take him far enough away from this situation and keep him for an extended period of time so he can actually correct himself. But uh, still currently actively struggling to find that and find the right location and also um, still seeing either his mom or her boyfriend in public places nearby my parents' house, seeming like they're waiting. They won't go near my parents' house because they know that's not going to end well for them. <laughs> they know that my if my mom were to get anywhere near either of them, I, I wish them the best because I think she'd put them in a coma probably. So they're, they're aware of that. So they're staying at least that far away, but it seems like they're staying in the area and keeping an eye on my cousin to see if they have an opportunity. So as you can see, there's a lot going on. So when a pod is a little bit late, understand <laughs> the producers, the editors, the writers, the, the program directors, the marketing machine, you're looking at them. <laughs> what you see right here is the crew. Absolutely, man. It, I just, I've had a stressful year to say the least. And yeah. just adding this on top of everything, just, yeah. I, it, 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 it's all happened so much that it almost feels like it's prepared me for this moment and mm -hmm. right. that that always makes me even more nervous like if i if i've been prepared this much for this moment how bad is this moment gonna get right and well that's another story mm -hmm. for we want to there's a lot to unpack there but here's the thing that what I want people to see is just the outpouring. Okay, I, I understand. 
there are a lot of things going on in the world, mm-hmm. right? But the the coming together of people because I value Nico. Belinda values me. I value Belinda. Nico values below. Yeah, he values us both. The thing that I have wanted to talk about a little bit here, and it will probably be in the eulogy, is something that I want to make like a stand on on this pod today. The self-worth of people needs to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mother, and Belinda will corroborate this story, when we took her away from the hospital and brought her to hospice, mm-hmm. do you know what her immediate thought was, Nico? What? He's going to send me away. Oh. She had no worth she thought that her last days were going to be in a facility. Shit. I've given my, this last year, mm-hmm. I've given my life to her. Mm-hmm. Without question, without, no, there's no resentment. It was all love. Mm-hmm. I would do it again. I'd do it 20 times over. I walked through fire to do it. Mm-hmm. doesn't cause me any pain whatsoever mm-hmm. but the thought mm-hmm. that when I was taking her out of the hospital and telling her I'm taking you home you will never have to deal with this again mm-hmm. her first thought was that I was going to put her in a facility because she could not accept Unconditional love. Yeah. Her worth was so low that she didn't, she was like, well, I don't have any use anymore. So he, he will discard me. This is an inevitability that my son will discard me. That's so sad. As we continue to go through this, I don't want anyone to feel that way. Not in my life. Not in, if you hear the sound of my voice right now, you are worth your weight in gold. You are worth your weight in whatever the most priceless thing you can possibly think about. That is what you're worth. People will tell you you're not. I've talked to Nico about this because he's gone through it. But the one thing that I am certain on is I want everybody around me to know how much I appreciate them how much they mean to me not because you're doing something for me not because oh there's some sort of emotional transaction or the financial transaction or whatever the case may be I just want you to know that you mean a lot to me everyone who comes in contact with me that on my like daily grind they need to know how important they are and I'm not I'm not waiting anymore I'm not waiting I told my mother every single day how much I loved her I told I I showed it I I I prepared meals I I cleaned up 
feces off the floor when she got sick. I I would have done anything for her. It didn't make a difference for me. But she couldn't see it. And I don't want anybody to feel that way anymore. Um, Nico, you and I had discussions about this. Um, thoughts on thoughts on what she thought for that second and then like kind of you know how are you unpacking this now knowing knowing some of the things you've gone through or going through right now and like where do you feel like your like your worth your value in yourself is at this present time uh that that's something <laughs> we've talked about several times that i i definitely struggle with myself i i think to a certain extent the type of things you're talking about about showing other people their worth and making other people know how much they mean to you that that's something i struggle with less i i'm good at sharing my emotions because of my mother and i have the ability to let others know what they mean to me the valuing myself at the same level i value others at though is something i've repeatedly struggled with throughout my life and mm-hmm. something that i'm i'm actively working on you you're coaching okay. me through it as well but it it's definitely i think everyone to a certain extent struggles with this it's unless you're narcissistic on some level it's something you have mm-hmm. to overcome in your own life just like looking back and realizing that you're not a main character you're a human being who makes mistakes you just go through life as a normal person and you're doing your best and being able to acknowledge that and give yourself a break once in a while even hearing the breaks that other people are giving you and taking it into your chest is incredibly important so mm-hmm. as much as 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 much as I, I know that you guys shared your true feelings with her and how much you loved her, and I'm sure other people in the church did as well, I still deeply understand her struggle to realize that in herself because it's, it, it's something you have to fight for your whole life before being able to truly acknowledge it. Belinda, you saw the struggle for... Yeah, I was about to hit you. You saw the struggle firsthand uh, with her. Um, As you went through this, uh, this basically last year, 10 months, however you want to put it, um, some of the things you saw, and then like, how do you think, what was some of the lessons that you may have taken out of this situation that maybe you will absolutely incorporate into your life now? Um, there would be points just during the year when, I don't know, like she wouldn't, she wouldn't go get something to eat or she wouldn't ask somebody for something to eat because she just didn't want to bother people. And I mean, literally that's why we were here (laughs) I mean, for nothing else, but for stuff like that. And just, it would just dawn on us like how she really felt and and it just shook me that people would that she would feel that way. Um, I understand people feel that way. 
Um, there's a lot of people in the area where we live. There's a lot of people in the mission. There's a lot of people at church too, which, and just that you come across, they don't realize what their self-worth is to other people. Um, and it just breaks my heart. And it broke our heart. When you told me, see, we weren't able to bring her home from the hospital ourselves. Um, because for her to be comfortable and have oxygen and stuff, she had to come home in an ambulance. So we were there. You told her she was going to go home. And then we met with the hospice people and stuff. And then we left and she was going to be picked up. We left like around four and she was going to be picked up like around six, I think. And when you told me in there, after she talked to the people that um, she thought she was going into a place that just, it broke my heart and I know it broke yours. And I think it hurt more than her passing actually, because I just felt so bad that she felt like that for however many hours she had felt like that, which was between two and four hours. And it wasn't the case. Um, I do want to add, if you have to put somebody in a facility, it's what you have to do. Don't feel bad if you do have to do that. I had to with my mother, which is a whole nother story, but my mom had dementia and couldn't be cared for. Um, so it's not bad, but she, your mom was not in a place where we were gonna have to put her in to a facility because we were able to offer her 24 hour around the clock care with two people, which is something I couldn't do for my mom. Um, and yeah, just the whole, I mean, literally when you told me that, I think that's when I started crying because I was just like, oh man, that's just awful. Um, I've learned, I mean, I always try to tell people that I appreciate them, um, that I love them and let them know how I feel. We're with a very close knit church group, so it's very easy to do it there. And, um, I try to do it when I'm at the mission because I just want people to see that they are valued. Um, and it just makes me want to do it even more and reconfirm it for people in other ways. And like Nico, learn to give myself a break too. Um, because you see things in me that, you know, I don't realize or that comes, it comes secondhand and second nature to me. So I don't think it's a big deal. But then I see the rest of the world and I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> it is kind of <laughs> bigger than I thought it was or nicer than I thought it was. Um, and just throughout this whole week, um, I got to go to church again yesterday because it was a women's Bible study. And it comes like the third Wednesday of every month. So I was lucky that it was this Wednesday. So I was able to come and see, go and see a couple other people who I hadn't seen and just talk about God and talk about the Bible and talk about the beatitude about thirst and hunger and what you really need to thirst and hunger for, um, which your mom was a perfect example of a lot of the beatitudes. Um, people I've seen, I haven't gone to work, but I stopped by to do stuff um, with Dee, the one I care give. And so I saw them, a couple of them at a time, um, so that they could tell me that they were sorry and stuff. Um, but I'm just, <laughs> I guess it's because of God. I'm just so grateful that she's not in that body anymore. And also, 
at this point too, I want to, I want to kind of, cause we can't do it like super like out in the open. Um, Belinda, you know what my phone looks like every day. Yes. The Alcorn, um, from the, the, I'm sure. the sports community. Yeah. There's some people who will listen to this podcast and they will know. Yeah. They're actually in the midst of stuff right now that right. is very, very important to them. Right. Um, yeah. I reached out. Um, yeah. And it is a very busy sports season right this second with playoffs and with the draft and with just yeah. life and what's going to happen. Where am I going to be next? I mean, and yeah. And there, it hit them. I have a, a friend of mine who is uh, works uh, for a team, and he works in the cap department. He's actually the, the lead cap guy. He's going through a lot right now. He took 30 minutes out of his day. Okay. To see if I was all right. So what I'm trying to tell everybody is that it's that. It's that connection mm-hmm. that that pulls us together. It is. Devices and whatnot try to pull us apart a little bit. It can it can't with this medium, it can bring us together. You know, it, it can it can give us this mm-hmm. because this right here is important. And the other thing that I want to kind of talk about, and Belinda, you were, you knew about it at the end of it, and Nico kind of knew about it in the beginning, but what it turned out to be was kind of pretty amazing. Okay. Nico, how long have I been talking about trying to get my mom to podcast with me? Oh, oh, so, so long, <laughs> maybe a year now. Even. Okay. Um, unfortunately, her health never allowed us to do that. But six, seven weeks ago, my mother decided that she was going to have personal messages for people. Uh, I believe I am, I think I have like four or five more left. But uh, Nico, if you would like to share yours. I think it's important to the podcast that you, you know, if you would like to share or whatever, um, because this is something that she wanted to do literally in podcast form. Yeah, she had dreamed this. By the way, she produced this episode <laughs> by what she did for the last seven weeks of her life. So my mother had personal messages for people that uh, at church. She had personal messages for people um, in our uh, building. Uh, she had personal messages for long, um, long ago brothers that she hadn't seen in 53 years. And we'll get into that and why that is. 53 years. Hadn't seen or really had a long gated conversation with her brother in 53 years. So I knew those, um, I knew those words, but when I read 53 years, it was just, you know, it was, I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's yeah. like older than you. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. 
Um, if 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 it's hard for you, Nico, I understand. I just you know I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Um, these 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 messages, which were, I am absolutely astonished and amazed mm-hmm. about how spot on every last message was to every person because she never shared this. Yeah. But in her days where she felt like, okay, I got to get my house in order. Mm-hmm. She emptied the tank, bro. She <laughs> emptied the clip. Yeah. So, um, you know, if I can, I can, the honor, I yeah. can touch on, on a few things. She, uh, obviously showed support for our Pittsburgh Steelers in my, <laughs> my message. She had to. She had to. But uh, the two things I took away most from it, um, the first one is is the thing that we're talking about pretty much exactly, about not being hard on myself and letting, my, letting me forgive myself for some of the mistakes that I make and trying to bring me to narrow my focus more and the other thing i remember is her asking me to speak up on the podcast more so i guess (laughs) i guess i'll i'll have to work on that exactly but one other thing that came to me while you guys were talking through all this you guys are talking about how all these people have reached out and shown support and how much that meant to you and you also talked about how she thought she was going to go in, into the home at the end and how heartbreaking that was for you guys. But you, you talk about how she didn't really feel that unconditional love. I feel like in that moment when she realized she wasn't going to a home, she oh. was coming home with you. She probably felt overwhelmed with that love. And I know when we first talked about the hospice care, you were thinking it might be months that Mm -hmm. she was in hospice. But as soon as it happened, pretty quickly after, she went. So maybe she felt fulfilled with the love you guys showed her in that time. That She meant that much to you that you are willing to ride it out with her till the very end. And that feels like a moment that would bring you peace and maybe helped her finally understand that unconditional love that hadn't been present in her life for so long. So I I think you really gave her the peace that she needed in those final days. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I, um, I feel good in a sense of what we did because it was good yeah and i felt i felt god's presence all through it you know i told my wife a lot i was like i'm not going to church but i'm getting a lot of stuff that is just i i just seen this just it seemed like my my vision Mm -hmm. was widened and heightened you know it was just more there's it was more robust things were clear things were slowed down mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. um and i don't think i'm ever going back 
I don't think I'm ever going back. I had a, somebody ask me a question or ask or was talking to me about some doing something else. Um, and I said, nah, mm. this is my purpose. This is what I kind of need to do. So, um, Belinda, I- she had something for you, right? Yes, she does. Um, but before we talk about that, I do want to, and Nico touched on it. Um, the fact that so many people are blowing up your phone and spending time with you in the middle of whatever is going on, even Nico in the middle of whatever's going on, should show you your self-worth. Oh, and, yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. And that's what it is. It's not people being, oh, I can spend this time and this is my good deed for the day. I mean, people actually love, care, feel for you. So they want you to know that. So that, that in a sense, like shows you your self-worth and how you affect other people. That's what I'm trying to get up to is that you do affect other people um, and they care for you. And I mean, these are no, that's you, great. These are people you've never met in real life in face to face. You've only, um, you've dealt with them on the phone. You've dealt with them through podcasts and stuff. And it's, it just shows you are a wonderful, kind, compassionate human being. And I know your mother had something to do with that. Um, it might have been you didn't want to be like she appeared, so you wanted to appear different. So, I mean, you did it with your dad. You don't you didn't want to be your dad, and you're not. So I just, I think you need to realize that about yourself. And you are, you know, you said you're just wandering and stuff you're really not you've got stuff to focus on the whole time when I was with your mother you were on the phone talking to people and dealing with that and that had to have been hard um and I was doing it just through texts with a couple people but you were doing it with a lot of people um and you did a very good job you were a very good son up until the very last minute and you still are a good son and you need to realize that because sometimes we, you know, that you like everybody else, you won't give yourself that credit. Um, now, onto my message. Um, when I was laying with her, I just kept telling her, you know, that everything was going to be okay. I was going to take care of her son. And I also told her that her son was going to take care of me because I know she would worry just about both of us. Um, And I just kept going over and over how you and I would take care of each other. And I wanted those to be like the last words that she heard along with I love you and stuff like that. Um, The the messages totally blew me away. I didn't even know about it until we were at church and you started talking to people. And I just thought, you know, hey, you know, you were doing the announcement and stuff. And um, then you told me that she had given you these messages and you've been doing it for six weeks. So that was really cool. Um, I really like that. And like you said, the messages that I heard were like spot on for stuff. You know, someone, it had to do with like the hands and then clasping them. And, you know, that woman was blown away that mom had noticed that in 2018. Um, Actually, it was in 2019. But just she did notice all this stuff. And we thought that she didn't. Um, And I don't know if it's just because she didn't feel worthy of bringing it up. I don't know. That's a whole nother thing. 
but my message, um, my message was really sweet because she told you that you had to do it outdoors because I like outdoors. Um, I like being outside. And she told you to hold my hand like a way that I always held her hand when I was trying to talk to her. That was just very sweet. And she said that she loved me. And ironically enough, since it's the last thing I did do with her, she had said that she liked watching Will Trent with me, which is a show that we watched on TV. Um, but we did. That was just a euphemism. I mean, we watched more. Um, but she liked the time that she spent with me while we were watching TV. And that was just when I came home and she'd be in there watching something, I'd sit down and I'd just start watching it with her and talking and interacting with her because that's, I just wanted her little mind working and for her to know. And so we would just sit there for hours and watch TV. And like I said, the last thing we did was we watched game shows, which, you know, she watched game shows a lot. I, I think she was watching stuff she didn't really have to concentrate on and try to follow plots. Um, so when I did watch like a cop show or something with her, it was easier for her to follow the plot because I talk and laugh and I would say stuff again to make sure that she had heard it. But, you know, just kind of work conversationally. Um, I was very touched by her message and for her to know outside and stuff was just really, it was really nice. It warmed my little heart. Definitely. Anyway. Yeah, uh, you mentioned telling her or her telling you to take care of Vince and him to take care of you. That, that was also featured in my message as well, making sure was it? that, uh, I take care of Vince on the pod and help yeah. him because yeah, I know, I know he's like me and we want to, we want to do everything, but we exactly. just, yeah, exactly. We just got to rationalize and pull it together sometimes. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad she saw that much in all of us. Yeah, she did. And that was, you're right. It is very nice. Mm -hmm. It is. The other thing is that, um, I actually told Nico this, like, before we started this project, um, my mother was the spearhead of Front Runner Podcast Collective. She wanted it off the ground. Oh, yeah. She wanted it to be going oh, yeah. before she left. Oh, yeah. We came back, like, and three days later, it's like, so when are you starting? And, like, every day it was like, why haven't you started? What do you have to do? Why? And it was really funny. But I mean, she really, really wanted it. She's like, it's what you got to do. So do it. She knew oh. her end was coming. Yes, she did. She did. And this was her last gift mm -hmm. to me. So it is now my gift to everyone else. Um, Nico and I have talked about this. And Belinda, you know. Uh, what we're trying to do at, here at Front Runner Podcast Collective is uh, bring people in who are who have passion, mm -hmm. yeah. who have interesting thoughts, not just like, oh, this person's really bad at acting. Right. Well, why are they? What or is it? They're not taking the right roles. Right. Mm -hmm. We want a robust, full um, idea. Of whatever it is that you're talking about. Right. It can't be just 
this is bad. I'm right. right. I'm gonna yell at you, mm-hmm. and we're out. Yeah, and it's we're trying to we're trying to be a thoughtful right. podcast. Yeah, because a lot of people seem to think. Just, I mean, you and I joke about it all the time that if you yell loud enough, eventually people are going to, it's going to click and all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh my God, you're right. He is like a genius and he's not the <laughs> mongoloid I thought he was. I've been so wrong my whole life. And, um, and you see that all the time in life. You mm-hmm. see it with people on the street with each other. You see it with people getting, and excitement and robustness about your take is very good, but you got to follow it up with something other than just hitting your hitting people over the head with the same two sentences over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the podcast does very well. So the message for me was, I guess, a message for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Go be great. Mm-hmm. She love hard. Love full. You know, take care of your people because they'll take care of you. And you seem to galvanize people. You need, you mm-hmm. bring them together. That was the word she used. Yeah. You bring them together. So continue to do that. Don't, don't, don't sell out. Mm-hmm. Um, Follow through. Mm-hmm. And don't be an idiot. I was also told not to be an idiot. <laughs> not be an idiot. Okay. Um, uh, I was told not to do that. Okay. Um, but the other thing that I want to talk about, and this is where I want to kind of, I'm sure we're going to have more and more because I want to dive more and more deep into this, is we got to unpack it, man. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, um, we we crave being social. Yes. Could you imagine somebody beating the community, the trust, the patience, acceptance of love out of you? Could you imagine that? And then live with it for 50 plus years. Could you imagine what that is? I... I can't. I mean, I know what happened, mm-hmm. but it's still just so atrocious. And we see it with other people, too. Um, and it just breaks them down. They're just so tired and broken down and just it's com- it's comfortable where they are. And how can how can people in their mind put comfort in that in the same sentence or the same thought? Um, it's just awful and I don't I can't imagine it I want to just hug everybody and stop it if I could <laughs> yeah you know Yeah. Um, well, and there was a lot of times when I just wanted to hug her and just you know like breathe and I did a lot of times I did calm her down by just holding her and breathing and getting her to calm down and slow down and for one minute for one minute, she'd be away from it, but then it would go back. We we would see it. Mm-hmm. We would see the little spark in her mind and that, oh, this is going to be a great way to go. And then something would happen and it would be out the door because it was just so ingrained in her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't imagine putting myself in her little mind. 
and heart. So, so what we're going to do um, as a podcast collective, my, my rallying cry for this particular podcast, this Friday podcast that is now staple. Uh, I almost want to call it the Loretta Kern Memorial Podcast. <laughs> anyway, I, I was just about to say it. I was just about to say it. Okay, two at the same exact time. Yeah, LCM. That's it. LCM Podcast. LCM. Um, um, just, just the thought of us, more people sharing stories. Uh growing a community that is built on respect and acceptance and patience. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. Whether it's discord or the thing that I had sent to you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to, to talk about bravery. I want people to talk about overcoming odds. I want Mm -hmm. people and how they did it. And maybe it will help somebody else because what I hope, at the end of this podcast, which yeah, there there is a lot of sadness still in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there is a lot of hope. There's a lot of faith, and there's a lot of just firmness of this is what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. So, as we kind of end it and and kind of move on and get on with the rest of our day um final thoughts uh belinda about any of this podcast her death <laughs> well actually from what you just said about other people talking and stuff i've always said testimonies are so important and i'm not talking about the big testimony i was an alcoholic i'm not an alcoholic anymore i'm talking about the daily testimonies like daily, how do you get through it? Daily, how do you deal? Because you make choices basically every time you turn around. And I just I just want everybody to know, like you, how much they're loved, how much they're cared for, how much of an impact they do make on the world when they think that they don't. Um, it's quiet in the house. It's really, it's really funny. And unless you've experienced it, you won't know. She used to have that TV on because she was deaf. The TV literally was on between 64 and 100. And I was watching TV with her and I would see that you would change the channel and it would go down lower. So she had to make it more. I mean, to keep it at a constant steady pace where she could. So it's just quiet in the house unless we're talking. Um, we don't have the TV on just for noise because that's not who you and I are. Um, so when we're going to sleep at night, it's quiet. We used to joke about the murder TV and waking up in the middle of the night and going to the bathroom and hearing, well, Betty Lynn was stabbed, you know, and we don't have I woke that. up. We- I woke <laughs> up so many times to like Char- Charlie Manson and Ted Bundy, like at three I o'clock stopped. in the morning when I'm going pee, I'm like, Okay, yeah, well, like, I, I don't even know how I'm going to get this out of my head before and, I go right. back to sleep. So. He's like puppy dogs yeah. and kittens, puppy dogs okay. and kittens. And, Yo. and it's just, it's just a difference that it's like a, the quiet is like a resounding sound. I don't know how to explain it, but you know, it, 
the quiet is louder than what it actually was when the TV was here. Because you understand why it's quiet. Um, the silence is thick. Yes. In the house. That's a good way to put yeah. it. And so, and you and I just have to, you and I get to learn how to be together. Because the whole time, we haven't been. We've either been sleeping in the living room. Um, we've been at the mission across the street from each other. We've been here with a lady who's dying. I mean, you know, so <laughs> it kind of took away. And you had to be here and you had to be here. I mean, that was what you had to do. That was your role. Um, so we couldn't go out and do stuff together. Um, so now we get to do that. I always had loved Sundays with you at church. And now I have that again. Because I, I get to be with you, which I'm really happy about. Because I do. You're a really great guy. And I'm Agreed. looking forward to that. Yes. Um, no, I got awesome people around me. Nico and Belinda are the stars here. I know, but I, I got to tell you. <laughs> I'm man, furniture. You're yeah, I'm nice. See, he's deflecting <laughs> now. We he's just a, talked about always, acknowledging right, your... Right. Are you not listening to your own podcast? <laughs> no, he has to go and listen to it again, right? Um, <laughs> no, no. I'm just playing no, every, here's here's what I will say though. No, hold on. Give me one this. One give me one second. One, one, one second. Here's what I do know. I pour everything in to people that are around me. Um and the ones that I don't know, I at least try to give the olive branch to. Um you, Belinda, have taught me to be softer and also slow down. Nico has opened up my mind in the sense of, okay, there's right, wrong, but there is this middle. And feelings and perspectives and uh, uh, experiences have a lot to do with where everybody kind of lies. And can we look at it from their point of view? Now, if their point of view is right, are we are we strong enough? Are right. we brave enough to go ahead and say we were wrong? And that is kind of the way to go right. through processes and what have you to make sure that this is the right way to go, right? Mm -hmm. And when it's not the right way to go, we can still accept that that person feels for them. That's right. their way. And we have to go a different way. Um, everybody's support has been fantastic towards I definitely have needed it there has been no question that any pods any editing any sort of productiveness has come from the fuel of the people who are around me constantly even if it's not in a like a physical form but in a text, phone call, mm -hmm. video, medium, whatever the case may be. So I, I have felt everybody's love. Good. And I've been trying to um, give that love and time to other people. So I do thank you guys for all of your words. Nico, what is your thing? Oh, you guys, that's right. You guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot you were here. This is the two person podcast, Belinda. So I talk about how we get to be together and everything. <laughs> and now I'm locked in a room going, wait, I want to talk. Ow. <laughs> um, 
your mom, I mean, I know she knew it before, but she had no way of ever showing it just because of who she was. During this podcast in the last season of us as a family, your mother just thought you were so, you're the bee's knees. She realized how great you are. She would hear you talking and just how smart you are. And you would come, it's really funny because like if you're talking to someone, obviously their name shows up on your phone, right? So I'd be in there talking to you or I'd be talking to mom or something. And you walk in and you just show us the phone of like the names of people that you were talking to and stuff. And your mom and I would just giggle because <laughs> it was just so, she was so happy. And it was such a affirmation that you are so good at what you do. And it, I mean, it was, it was just funny. And we would just giggle and laugh. And she would say how proud of you she was over and over and over again. And you never saw that because you would always walk out of the room because you had the phone call to take. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted you to know what her feeling was and her reaction. Just, she was blown away with it. Blown away by you. There, there are certain names in my phone that Nico knows about. Uh, actually, w- one, one number in particular has infiltrated our, our little group and, and called them young idiots and, and whatever the case may be, because they, they had a really bad take about something. But those, those numbers and those people in, in that phone um, have been a, a, a wealth of not just knowledge, but a wealth of strength. Um, mm-hmm. Like, again, I can't thank everyone enough for, especially some of the people that I know, is, I know what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And for them to really just, you know, take that time out and, you know, just, man, just checking in was mind blowing to me. You know, I, I can't really articulate how I feel about that, but uh, I will at some point. Um, Nico, what are your final (laughs) thoughts on this week? Anything that you kind of gleaned from this? Uh, or something that you just want to tell the people? Uh, I would say, I, I would say this, I, I have gleaned a lot from the way you've taken this in stride. And I know a part of that has to do with the fact that you were preparing for it so much, but I've I've been in a position before where I was preparing for a death for a long period of time and I haven't been able to I guess stick to what matters and like the way you were so actively pursuing the thoughts of your mother as she was passing because it was going to be her last opportunity to get them out that's something that I really admired and really taught me a lot and is something I'm hoping to replicate if uh, if and when I end up in the same situation because I think that would have helped my mom a lot when her father passed away. And I I know so often she wants to go back and hear the words that he said, because they kind of had a a similar relationship to you guys where they were very not close when she was younger. 
and as as she aged she moved out at like 15 years old she built her her whole life and he got sober and became a, a great man and they had an excellent relationship later in her life but i think part of the problems is sometimes when she thinks back she doesn't think enough about the great times and her mind gets drawn back to some of the parts of her childhood and she still loves her dad and acknowledges the great change that he made in his life but i don't know that she does enough acknowledging of how he felt about her at right. the end and the way you pursued your mother's thoughts on all these things and with all these people is something I really hope to do towards the end and give my parents' voices that same strength in, in their final days. Right. I, I really admired that and I, I, I can't really thank you enough for teaching me that and showing me that. Uh, thank you for that. Um, it was, we were just having a conversation one day and I was just like, you know, nothing is certain, you know, and it just sparked this deal Yeah, and she was in on it. And the cool part is that there were points where she wasn't like, the brain was starting to slow down. I got to see parts of her childhood because of it. Yeah. I would walk in and she couldn't hear. So I'd just listen and she'd be talking. And she would be playing out a scene from her life early. Wow. So I got to see young Loretta, 14-year-old Loretta, 16-year-old Loretta, 18-year-old. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of it, That's cool. uh, which was great. Um. As we wrap up, um, something that I have told my wife um, and something that I'm just going to tell everyone who is listening to this podcast. And watching. And watching. That's right. Video. We are video now. Yeah. I, hey, it's new. It is. It's, a, it's a new medium for us. Okay? I know. I know. <laughs> you are cared for. You are thought of and you are loved. Um, I want everybody who hears my voice to know that. Uh, we are we're open for business. Um, Frontrunner PC on Twitter, at Nico FRPC on Twitter, and Belinda, you need to change your Twitter. You do. Why is it not FRPC and CFO of the company? I have no idea. Because I don't even look at Twitter. Hey, Vince, your Discord account is still QPPN Vince. So glass stones. Glass stones. Oh, no, no, bro. You got to help me. I have no idea, bro. I'm 50. I'm like, yeah, I thought I had it. I don't know. I'm older. Yeah. So, yeah, we're dealing with it. So. Uh, yeah, there's this meme about you know young older people needing young people to explain. One hundred percent stuff like that. Super. I'm so like, washed. 
I feel well, like I could probably do the Twitter thing. I just need to do it because, like I said, I don't look at Twitter at all. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I need to. It's actually a good, healthy way of doing it. Just put on Twitter what you want and then never look at it. Right. Just yeah. don't well, look exactly. at it. It's gone. It's not oh, like you man. keep looking at it over and over again. That's some true. people can handle it. Some people can't. Some yeah. people have tough skin. Some people don't. So I would, for those who don't, don't look yeah. at Twitter. Yeah. You know, don't look at your, don't look at your comments. Exactly. Just let it go. Like just put it out into the world and right. just hey. <laughs> right. Like never Google your name because no, nope, don't do don't it. Want, it's all you're bad. Probably not going to like oh, some man. of it because all the bad stuff makes it to the yeah. internet. Not a lot of the good stuff. Which I'm, I do have one point. I'm sorry. Your mom, um, Nico, with the mm-hmm. relationship with her father and stuff, that just goes to show we as humans are so messed up. He's coming to tell yeah. me that I got to be quiet. Um, <laughs> we're so messed up that we we remember the bad that was long mm-hmm. ago more than we remember the good that's right here. Um, mm-hmm. There's the study, you know, it takes seven good things to make one bad thing leave, leave mm-hmm. your mind. And I don't even think that's true. That, but yeah. it takes supposedly that much for us to hear it. Um, I think it's much higher because we, mm-hmm. and especially as young people, when they're, when it's your parents doing it, you think that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. You really think that's what they mean. And it's not what they mean. It's what the addiction It's what, you know, just mm-hmm. the messed up part says. Um, yeah. But we're ingrained that that's it. So then when they, things are brighter, mm-hmm. we tend to not, remember and it's just stupid because that's what they really yeah. mean and that's how we're really seen and that's how mm-hmm. your mom needs to be seen not as she remembers from a long time ago yeah and that's just something as people as humans we're flawed and that's mm-hmm. probably one of our biggest flaws yeah is what yeah. and that's so what vince is trying to say is you know people need to realize their worth now not when yeah. they were kids, not when their parents had problems, not when they had problems as a kid because they just couldn't adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you've persevered through and mm-hmm. your mom needs to realize that that was the dad who really loved her. Yeah. And you know what? I think she truly does realize okay. that. I think it's, it's more so uh, the rest of the family kind of um whenever she comes into contact with them oh. they paint a different picture right. for her in her own head and it, then it kind of can make her spiral to a certain extent and when yeah. she gets reintroduced to those ideas sometimes it and why would people well the people... other thing the other thing that? with that mm-hmm. the other thing with that nico is is that something i've told you over and over again, mm-hmm. when my mom start started acting like Loretta, she was treated like Loretta. Yeah, you know, not in a mean way, but just in a way of saying, "Hey, hey, we don't we don't talk to people that way, or we don't right. we don't say those type of mm-hmm. things because those are hurtful things." Yeah, and again, um, again, she's good at that. She's good at cutting the wire when people are being shitty, but that doesn't mean what they say doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. We cut them out, but we still have the noise mm-hmm. in our head that someone exactly. said all this bad stuff about us. Um, and again, that's where I want to bring this. That? That's where I want to bring this. Exactly. In your life, yeah, listen, it's never always going to be perfect, but the one thing we can control is the value that we bring to each other, right? Like, if I'm sitting here and I'm telling Nico, hey, you know, all your episodes are trash, da-da-da-da-da, that's not going to make him feel good. 
his episodes are great. Uh, you know, other things that we work on, yeah, we're always working on things because that's how we get better. Yeah. But I'm never going to demean Nico for my desired result. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna value Nico, cultivate Nico right. for the desired result because I right. actually care about him as a person. Right. Yeah. I care about his psyche, his mind, right. his brilliance, his soul, his aspirations, his fears, all of that. I care about right. all of that. Right. People have a hard time having a full, robust relationship nowadays. Yeah. Maybe because it's all the technology we have. Maybe I sound like a completely old man, dawdling, get off my lawn or whatever. But at the end of the day, I do believe that we there's certain parts of the relationship that we never really kind of grow. And I, that we say, well, we got this one good thing. We got this one kernel that is so good. We'll just spam mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not sustainable. Because it's one piece of a of a tapestry. It's one piece of a book. It's one piece of a you know a, a computer program. Yeah. It's it's not full. And when that one thing doesn't is not as good as it used to be, what do you have left? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's true. So try to build valuable, robust relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't look at Nico or, you know, I mean, Melinda, you know how I feel about you, like in a sense of like how much I love you, how much I, you know, value your opinion, um, how much I ask of of you on certain things. And I try to do the same thing with Nico in the sense of where he needs to know that he's loved, cared for, and thought of. Well, then we can work on the business part of it, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get at is like everybody's a number in these corporations and all this other stuff. And we, we're now treating people because we see okay. them on Twitter and it's like, oh, I don't care about what you're thinking about. That's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a human being on the other side that yeah. you just type that 160 soliloquy to. Right. That now that person is feeling bad about themselves. Why would you want somebody to feel bad about themselves? What well, What do you gain? Right. From that? Well, and see, you and I know the term just because of um, church and because of the mission and stuff that we try to lift. We do lift ups, and that's a great way to start any conversation. Is a lift up, and just going through any situation, and it actually gives you a much better feeling than cutting somebody down. It actually makes you feel better because you're in a brighter frame of mind instead of, you know, and it makes the other person feel better. And it also makes the other person a little bit more receptive to you. Because once you start slapping somebody or, you know, whatever with the words, they're going to stop. Because why human, um, I can't, not perseverance, but just um, for self-worth, we're going to not listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't need to, and then so you've totally wasted your time, but you've also made them feel bad, and you're probably in a gloomy mood yourself, even though you won't admit it. You just have blackness in your heart, so that's a bad thing. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. 
So with all of that, that is going to say, obviously we have a lot more to talk about and we will expand this podcast more. Uh, look for on this feed Fridays will be, it will be items like this. It won't be heavy all the time. We will have fun. Um, we're trying to effort. There's another individual. I don't know if they're lurking in the background, but there's a certain other individual that I'm trying to get on this podcast. Ah. Uh, the pressure the pressure zone, peer pressure is happening right now on the podcast live, so it's going to be great. It will be on video as well. So uh, looking for them. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be having a meeting with them this weekend. So yeah. We oh, I was talking about somebody who lives with you, bro. So I, I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, say, you man, uh, the person who lives with me, I if she didn't if she didn't leave, she she ended up having to go see her sister. She was going to be on this episode as well. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, I guess right now that is going to wrap up this one. The one thing that I want to leave everybody with is that um, uh, this is the type of stuff that you'll get on Friday. Um, some will be dating. Some will be how to maybe manage your your apps and like maybe unplug. Some will be how some of the people are, you know, young people are going through the workforce now because they look at it differently than somebody my age and things of that nature. We're going to have a lot of stuff that we're going to unpack. Hit us with suggestions at uh, at FrontRunnerPC on Twitter or at NicoFRPC on Twitter for that as well. Um, Mom, we love you. Uh, we This podcast is dedicated to you. Um, we are going to take your spirit and uh, infuse it into this particular part of the podcast. Um, thank you for everything you have given me over the last year. This year has meant a lot to me as a person. Um, it has meant to, a lot to me as a son. Um, and it has let, it has meant a lot to me as a man. Um, I know how to love my wife. I know how to love, uh, other people around me because of this. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have loved as, um, As good as I possibly could without having this experience. So let's put it that way. Um, rest in peace, baby girl. We love you so much. And we hope that uh, Jen was up there. Yeah. Your dad was up there. And everybody else that you wanted to see was up there. And um, with that being said, does anybody have any other final thoughts that we need to get off? Just giving all all my love to Loretta as well as you too. Um I I'm incredibly grateful for everything she did to push you to this point because it's it's also helped kickstart my career and helped mm-hmm. me in more ways than I can count. So uh thank you so much Loretta and I I really hope you're resting peacefully. I'm sure I have a few family members who checking up on you. As well. <laughs> I hope she's dancing. I just, I hope she's just light and free. And I am so blessed and honored, Ashley, that we were with you for the last year or so. And just, I'm so happy I knew you or that I know you still. And just thank you for your son. I love you so much, Mom. 
And to all the people that listen to us, uh, we thank you for listening to this special uh, episode of FRPC uh, Life Pod. And uh, be good to yourself this weekend. And if there is a legacy play, if you want to carry on um, my mom's spirit, go through your phone, find somebody you haven't talked to in about four to six months. And just reach out to them and just tell them how much you appreciate them mm-hmm. and you love them because uh, those opportunities do dwindle as we get older. So uh, like my wife always says, if not now, when? So with that being said, we will close out this podcast and we will see you back on this feed at least Monday mm-hmm. and let's all kinds of stuff breaks loose and the Lakers go down 3-0. I don't know what kind of <gasps> emotional state I'll be in at that point, but we'll see. You said that. <laughs> Why did you say that? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so for the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for this podcast, the Canadian son, Loretta Curran, also my rock uh, the rock star of last Saturday, Belinda Carter. I am Vince, and we will see you soon. <laughs>